Just in time for the holidays, select Craftsman tools are now available at Napa. Celebrate with a Craftsman 20-volt cordless impact wrench kit for just $149.99. It's the perfect gift for everyone in your list, even you. So get great savings on select Craftsman tools, now available at your local Napa store. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 12-31-19. Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever, mischievous, What's going on here? and dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here, too. Billy, what are these things? Where did they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy. I know. But in a few hours, you're going to have a major disaster on your hands. Gremlins. Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. Hello, hiya, welcome to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show. My name is Adam and I am a Geeky Retro Nerd. And the show, as always, is sponsored by the amazing guys at Truffle Shuffle. And if you head on over to their website at truffleshuffle.com, you will see they have a vast array of geeky clothing and retro gifts. And speaking of Truffle Shuffle, they were very kind enough to put up a prize for a competition that I've been running on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, at Geeky Retro Nerd Show, you will have seen the competition I've been running. But we will talk about that later in the show. Because what I'm going to do is, I am going to announce the winner of that competition. So stay tuned. Uh, what a week. It's been a busy week. Have, have you had a good week? I hope you have. Um... Through the week, you'll have seen that I dropped an episode which was in collaboration with another um, podcast or a crossover, I believe they call it in their podcasting circles. That's what us podcasters call it. It's a crossover (laughs) Um, with the guys from Pearls of Fandom. 
and uh, they're, they're great blokes, really funny, and I had, a, I had a fantastic time. They asked me to come on the show and talk about one of my favourite films and one of their favourite films as well, Back to the Future 3. So had a great time. Um, lads, if you're listening, thanks so much for uh, inviting me onto the show. It was excellent. Great chin wag, bit of banter. Love it. Uh, if you haven't heard it, if you haven't listened to it yet, check it out. It's pretty good. Um, and last weekend, um, we had some uh, some family rounds to put up the Christmas tree. It's that time of year again. Um, we had people around, had the music on, had a few drinks, put the Christmas tree up. Um, but my kids were loving it and everybody had a great time. But yeah, this year has absolutely flown in, hasn't it? It's it's nearly Christmas time. There's only a few weeks left until Christmas. I've been chomping at the bit to talk about some Christmas movies. Um, I wanted to do it at the start of December, but I, I, I hurt my back and I've been off work and I've been out the I've been out of action for a while. Uh, but I'm back now um, and ready to start talking about Christmas stuff. So this episode. As you will have heard at the start of the show there by the trailer, is about Gremlins. And Gremlins is a fantastic Christmas movie, isn't it? It's not your conventional Christmas movie. You know, um it's it's a bit of a it's a cheeky Christmas movie, I think. It's a bit crafty because it masquerades as a, a cutesy kidsy film, but it's not. <laughs> it's far, I think it's far from a kid's film. When I when I used to watch this movie when I was a kid there were some scenes in this movie um, that petrified me. But we'll talk about them as we as we go through the episode. So what I did was I went into IMDB to have a look for a synopsis for Gremlins. And you may uh, know that this movie is executive produced by Steven Spielberg. And it is directed by one of my favourite directors, Joe Dante who, of course, directed um, The Burbs and Inner Space and loads of other stuff. And I, I really, really love Joe Dante. He's fantastic. And he's done an excellent job with this film. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so, like I say, I went into IMDb, had a look for a synopsis, and I found one by uh, a poster uh, simply called Monster. <laughs> um, so, thanks for this synopsis, Monster. I think it captures, captures it pretty well. So Gremlins begins with inventor Rand Peltzer trying to find a quick gift for his son, Billy. And um, Billy is played by a guy called Zach Galligan. And I met Zach Galligan a few weeks ago at Comic-Con Scotland. And I had, a, I had a brief chat with him and he was a really nice fella. He's um, still really enthusiastic about Gremlins. Uh, and of course, he was in Gremlins too. And at the Comic Con, he had a little uh, gizmo with him, and he was a really nice fella. Um, and we were really lucky, I think, to have uh, to get him over here in Scotland. Um, and that Comic Con was cracking. I did an episode on that. If you have a look, it's the it's the live from Comic Con Scotland um, on there. Check it out. Um, so yeah, anyway, Billy. He plays a character called Billy. Um, and before his dad returns home from a New York trip, um, he, he wants to find a quick gift. So he settles on a unique pet in a Chinatown curio shop. And this pet is a cute furry creature 
and we find out that it is known as a mogwai. And before he leaves, he is warned by the shop's owner. that if, Wait a minute, no, he's not owned by the shop's owner, is he? The shop's owner doesn't want to sell the mogwai um, because he says it's too dangerous and then he sort of buggers off into the back of the shop, doesn't he? And then it's the kid that chases after the dad round Peltzer and tells him, look, we need the money, here you go. And it's him that tells him the three rules. And these three rules must be the most famous rules in the history of movies. <laughs> and you know, don't you, that these rules are going to get broken. <laughs> and the first rule is, keep it away from bright light. Second rule, don't get any water on it. And the third rule, never ever, even if it's hungry, feed it after midnight. Which is a bit um, weird, isn't it? Because it's always after midnight. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick at it. <laughs> I'm not gonna pick any holes in this movie. Um, so yeah, the third rule is don't feed it after midnight. So Rand takes note of these three rules mm-hmm. and returns home with the Mogwai to his idyllic small town home of Kingston Falls. Rand's gift is an instant hit. Billy loves his adorable new pet, naming it Gizmo and taking it everywhere he goes. Unfortunately, he and his friends also begin breaking the rules of Mogwai care. So, <laughs> so it's, the, it's the rules of Mogwai care and they start getting broken, uh, un, which is unfortunate for the inhabitants of Kingston Falls. When water is accidentally spilled on Gizmo, it causes him to multiply and produce a number of mischievous little brothers. Um, or sisters. Are they all little boys? I don't know. Do we find that out? I don't know. Um, um, his mischievous little brothers. Among these is the mean-tempered Stripe. And Stripe's like the leader of the gang, isn't he? Um, soon enough, the new Mogwai get hold of some food. After midnight, oh no. And this causes them to change from cute furballs into nasty, scaly monsters dubbed gremlins. So I think that's a nice sort of synopsis that Monster has provided us with there on IMDb. And of course, when the when those rules are broken and the Mogwais turn into gremlins, all hell breaks loose, doesn't it? <laughs> with, uh, with hilarious consequences. So I'm assuming that you've all seen this movie. So that so loads of spoilers in this if you, if you haven't seen it, but you must have seen it. You've got to have seen Gremlins. It's absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen it, why not? So this episode I'm going to split into a couple of parts. The first part, um, as usual, I've I've been doing a bit of digging around to see if I can find out some behind-the-scenes info or some extra stuff that you might not necessarily know about. So that's what I'm going to do in the first part. So let's let's dive in. So the first thing I found out is that um, Gremlins is partly responsible for the PG-13 rating. Now, Gremlins is rated PG. God knows how, because there are so many scenes in this film that I would say are not child-friendly. Uh, I mentioned at the start of the show there that um, some of the scenes in this movie, because I watched it when I was a young lad, scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> um, 
so and actually it was so as I say Gremlins is, is partly responsible for the PG-13 rating but it was also another Spielberg film which um, contributed as well which was um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom which was pretty dark and had some scenes in that weren't really that suitable for children and they wanted to rate this film Gremlins an R um, but in the end, they rated it PG. I, I, honestly, I don't know how. Um, but the first film that had a PG-13 rating was Red Dawn. Um, so, and the reason I'm saying... So I've said a couple of times, there were some scenes that scared me as a child. And I think the main one is the kitchen scene, uh, where the mother's in the kitchen and the 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 gremlins are in the kitchen. And there's a bit where... There's a gremlin in a blender and she switches the blender on and it spins around and chucks its blood and guts all over the all over the walls. She puts a gremlin in the microwave and turns it on and the, the gremlin's sort of sitting there for a few seconds and then it just goes into a big ball of blood. Um, she stabs a gremlin to death as well with a massive knife. And um, I think this, so this came out in 1984, I think it came out. And I mean, I didn't watch it when I was four, I don't think, because that's how old I was in 1984. I watched it a bit later, but, oh, ma'am, if you're listening, you shouldn't have been letting, and, and she does listen, I know she listens. You shouldn't have been letting me watch this film, ma'am. <laughs> it was very scary, but I'm glad you did. Also, I couldn't believe this when I read this. Um... Chris Columbus, who wrote the script, it was meant to be gorier. That was it was meant to be even gorier than what it is now. It was meant to be even scarier. Um, and I found I found a couple of examples that were meant to be in the script. Um, in his early draft, the Gremlins would eat Billy's dog, so that would have been interesting. And they decapitate Billy's mum and throw her head down the stairs. <laughs> they definitely wouldn't have gotten away with a PG rating with that one. That that would <laughs> it would have had to have been at least a fifteen, definitely decapitating the mother and throwing her head down the stairs. I couldn't believe it when I read that. So yeah, it was meant to be. A, Chris Columbus had it as a gorier script, um, but they tamed it down. Uh, presumably in order to achieve that PG rating, which they were lucky to get get away with anyway. I was interested to note that one of the directors on Spielberg's shortlist um, to direct Gremlins was, in fact, Tim Burton. He was considered to direct this. Now, it, when you think about it, he it, it, it would be a good fit, wouldn't he, Tim Burton, for this kind of movie, very dark um, with with you know with the the comedy, I think he would have done a good job. However, Spielberg felt at the time that he, in nineteen early nineteen eighties he was he was untested. He was a bit uh, wet behind the ears, um, a, a bit too new to the to the directing game. So that's why they went with Joe Dante, and I'm so pleased they did because, like I said at the start, Joe Dante is one of my favourite directors. Um, and at this point, he'd previously directed The Howling, which is a good film. And um, it's a good life from the Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, 
and and Joe Dunn is brilliant at this kind of, at, at dark comedies like like The Burbs. The Burbs is one of my favorite films ever. I watch it a lot. It's the perfect Sunday movie, I think. And Joe Dante does dark comedy. Brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Now the effects in Gremlins is uh, pretty good, the special effects. And the Gremlins themselves are brilliant. They're absolutely awesome. Now originally the um, Spielberg and Dante looked into having monkeys play the Gremlins. I assume they were um, looking into dressing them up as Gremlins and having them just sort of <laughs> run about. But they quickly realised that that wouldn't work. So what they had to do was was build them. And th- these gremlins, and, and there's, a, there's a few of them in the film, um, cost between thirty dollars and $40,000 each. So that was, a, that was a good chunk. By the time they built all these gremlins that they wanted to use, that was a good chunk um, out of the, the budget for the movie. And they had to hire security guards overnight to keep an eye on them in a warehouse so that nobody stole them. (laughs) Another interesting thing I found, uh, well, actually, that's a lie. I didn't find it. I already knew this. Um, When you're watching the film um, and and the the place they live is, um, it's called Kingston Falls. Um, And you might recognise it when you're watching the movie. Um, in fact, you, you definitely will recognise it because it's the exact same um, set as Back to the Future, Hill Valley. It's exactly the same. They the filmed it in the back lot at Universal Studios and a, a lot of the the scenes in Gremlins you will recognise, things like the, the, the cinema. Um, I think there might be shots of the clock tower as well, although obviously it's not the clock tower in Gremlins. So next time you're watching it, have a look and you'll recognise some of the... It, it's very, very recognisable. You, you can tell straight away if you haven't already um, sort of clicked. Uh, next time you're watching it, have a look and you'll you'll definitely recognise it. And actually, I mentioned the cinema there. When you see the cinema, the, the movies that are shown are called A Boy's Life and Look to the Skies. And... Those two uh, movie titles were the working titles of E.T. and um, Close Encounters, respectively. A Boy's Life and Look to the Skies. And the final thing I just want to highlight is towards the start of the show, uh, start of the movie, sorry, um, the dad, uh, Rand, Randall Peltzer, is at a convention. He's at an inventor's convention trying to trying to promote his his uh, little invention that he's got, the bathroom buddy, <laughs> the bathroom buddy, which is crap. And you see through the film, it's not very good. Uh, the mother tries to use it. Uh, no, what is it? It's a, a oh, he's, he's invented a, a juicing machine. Basically, his inventions are rubbish. <laughs> uh, you see it throughout the film. But at the start, he's at an inventor's convention and he's making a phone call and he's in a booth. And in the space of about 30 seconds, there are so many cameos um, and Easter eggs, it's it's mind-boggling. So, first of all, um, blink and you'll miss it. Um, Steven Spielberg rides past on a kind of bicycle-type thing. In the booth behind the dad on the phone is um, movie score legend Jerry Goldsmith. 
Then there is Robbie the Robot in the background from Forbidden Planet. And he's sort of being escorted across the screen. And in the background is the actual um, time machine that was used in the movie The Time Machine. Um, and of course, Spielberg would go on to be involved with Back of the Future. Uh, that hadn't happened yet. Um, but, you know, it's very quick in the space of about 30 seconds, you've got Steven Spielberg, Jerry Goldsmith, Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet and the Time Machine. And, and actually the Time Machine disappears. <laughs> it goes away. It travels in time um, while the dad's on the phone. If you haven't noticed, have a look. It's really good. It's really funny. So the second thing I wanted to do was um, when I was looking on IMDb, and you know I've, I've mentioned lots of times already about the sort of gore and violence um, that isn't very kiddie-friendly in this film. Um, there's a bit on IMDb, which is Parent's Guide, and I've spoken about it on an episode before, I think it was The Goonies, the episode I did about The Goonies. There's a thing on IMDb called Parent's Guide, and it basically... it. it as a parent, you can go in and have a look and it tells you the contents of the film and you can decide whether to show whether it's appropriate for whoever you're going to show it to or not. Um, so I would say nine times out of ten, people would use it to see if it's okay to show their kids. Although these days, I don't think people are all that bothered <laughs> about what their kids watch. These days, kids see loads of stuff nowadays, don't they? Um, like sometimes when I'm in a video game shop and I see um, parents buying like a really young child like six or seven years old grand theft auto and things like that which is really graphic and violent either they don't care they just don't know um but anyway i digress so i had a look in parents guide for gremlins and there are 16 entries for violence and gore so i'm gonna have a look at them so the first one is um violence and mayhem throughout sometimes blood and i <laughs> If you had a one-liner for the Gremlins, I think violence and mayhem throughout is pretty good. It's a pretty good description. There is violence and mayhem throughout this whole film. Um, Billy's mom turns a blender on while a gremlin is eaten out of it, causing green, green slime to splatter everywhere. And I mentioned that before, didn't I? It's... it's <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, it's an excellent scene, and it's really good imagination. There's a gremlin in this blender. Turn it on, and and even though as a kid I was sort of watching it a bit sort of scared, you're willing the mother to turn it on, and it's one of those things that kids love, isn't it? They love a love a bit of gore and a bit of violence, um, and you're willing the mother to turn it on, and she does, and it's <laughs> the gremlin splatters all over the shop. And I mentioned this before as well. Another gremlin is thrown in the microwave and blows up, splattering slime all over the microwave. A gremlin hiding a Christmas tree attacks Billy's mom and scratches her face and head. And that's another hilarious scene. There's something going on in the Christmas tree and she goes up and she has a look. And it's kind of like a... It, it's a it's a, a a violent version of the squirrel scene from, from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You know when when Clark goes and looks in the in the tree and he shouts squirrel and the um, 
other, or somebody shouts squirrel and the squirrel dives out the tree and they all run away. It's kind of like that, except with a gremlin and the gremlin's trying to kill the mother. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, Billy decapitates a gremlin with a sword. That Actually, that's straight after when the gremlin attacks his mum. Um, Billy sort of steams in and there's a there's a sword on the wall for some reason. Um, I don't know if that's a regular thing. Um, any Americans listening, keeping swords on your walls. Uh, I haven't seen anybody do, do that here in the UK. But anyway, it's a good job he did have them because he grabs one off the wall and he slices at the gremlin, chops his head off, and um, the, the head flies into the fireplace. And it's burning away, it says here, but only for a few seconds. <laughs> that's, that's okay then. Um, a couple is attacked in their home by a bulldozer. Brackets, they survive. I'm not sure they do survive, do they? I don't think that, do they? I don't think, I didn't think they did survive. But anyway, yeah, one of the neighbours, um, who uh, um, the actor's name escapes us at the minute, but he was in the Burbs. He was one of the bin men in the Burbs. So that's like a Joe Dante link. Because Joe Dante directed the Burbs. Um, he's he's um, sitting in his house and he owns a bulldozer and a gremlin nicks it and plows it into his house. Um, a woman is killed when her elevating chair malfunctions and catapults her out of a window. We see her legs sticking out of the ground after she is flattened on the street. Now that is the character Mrs Deagle and she's not a big fan of Billy's and she hates his dog, and she's always threatening to get the dog taken away. Well, the the gremlins um, malfunction her stair lift, and she, in a hilarious scene, she goes flying up the stairs, and it must be some size of house, because she's, she's bombing up the stairs for about 20 minutes, <laughs> round and round and round, and she hits the, the top of the stairs, and she goes flying out the window. Uh, I don't think she survives. Um, what's the next one? We hear cars crash after a gremlin tampers with the traffic lights. So there's a gremlin messing about with the traffic lights and he makes them all go on the same colour and all you hear in the background is a load of cars crashing and <laughs> tooting their horns and the, and the gremlin's just sitting there laughing. <laughs> a police car flips over with a gremlin after a gremlin disconnects the brake. So he's, so he's, cut, he's cut the brakes in the copper's car. Um, gremlins are burnt um, when a movie theater explodes, and they're all in. There's a hilarious scene where they're all in the movie theater and they're watching um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and it 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 goes on fire and they all burn. <laughs> so if you're reading this, would you show your seven, eight, nine, ten year old kid this movie? Um, I think I probably did. <laughs> I t- my daughter's 15 now. Um, obviously, no problem watching it now. Uh, I've seen it, I recall, a few years ago uh, when we had people around for Christmas one year and I was selling this as a Christmas movie and um, I let my daughter watch it. She enjoyed it. <laughs> she liked it. <laughs> so, as always, um, a roundup of the the scores for Gremlins. IMDb gives it a 7.2 out of 10, which isn't bad, but it should be 10 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a better 84%. Should be 100%. And Metacritic gives it a lowly 70%. Should 
should be a hundred percent sorted out Metacritic. <laughs> um, so that's nearly the end of the show, but not quite because what I would like to do is is announce the winner of the competition that I was running on Twitter. So um, last week I put up a post on Twitter um, to win a prize. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, it was Truffle Shuffle that kindly donated the prize and they gave me a list of things to pick from. I'll not tell you what the other things were just in case they do it again. Nudge, nudge, Truffle Shuffle if you're listening. (laughs) Um, But what I picked was um, a gizmo t-shirt because I knew I was going to be doing the Gremlins episode for Christmas and they kindly offered a Gremlins t-shirt so they said I could um, select depending on uh, uh, depending on who wins that could pick a men's or a ladies uh, version of the top and it's a it's a brilliant t-shirt if you if you have a look on Twitter have a look at me pinned post and it's a it's a obviously it's a t-shirt and it's got a picture of gizmo on it and uh, it, it's so cute it's brilliant and I've had a fantastic response to it it's been absolutely brilliant um, and what you had to do was retweet and like the post and make sure you follow me on Twitter so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to pick the winner right now so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on my phone I am going to look on twitter and here is the post so to win this awesome men's or ladies gremlins t-shirt from truffle shuffle all you need to do is retweet and like this post and follow me and this is worldwide shipping so um, anybody in the world could win this which is exciting and the winner will be picked when i drop my gremlins episode next week good luck so here is the gremlins episode so let's have a look and let's see who has won Okay, so I'm going through the people who have retweeted and liked, and I have picked one, and I'm just going to make sure that this person follows me, and they do. So, um, congratulations to at Jazz Shoes Dance, who is Jazz Shoes. (laughs) Uh, Are you a dancer? I don't know. I can't see if you're a dancer or something, but Jazz Shoes on Twitter, you have won the Gremlins t-shirt, you can select a men's or ladies t-shirt, you can give it as a present for Christmas, <laughs> or you can keep it for yourself, it's up to you, um, but congratulations, well done, um, and of course um, the, the shirt is has been kindly donated by Truffle Shuffle, so thank you very much for that, go and check out truffleshuffle.com and have a look at all the awesome stuff on there that they have. So that's it. For this week, for this episode, The Gremlins, a fantastic Christmas movie. It's one of my favourite Christmas movies. Um, The next show next week will be about Scrooged. (laughs) So have a good week. Speak to you soon. Napa know how
Just in time for the holidays, select Craftsman tools are now available at Napa. Celebrate with a Craftsman 20-volt cordless impact wrench kit for just $149.99. It's the perfect gift for everyone in your list, even you. So get great savings on select Craftsman tools, now available at your local Napa store. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 12-31-19. Napa know how. Right now, a five quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil and a platinum filter is just $23.98. That's a great deal for a great oil, which is another reason why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's Napa full synthetic oil and a platinum filter for $23.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. While supplies last. Offer ends 12-15-19.